got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here, and welcome back to Coffee and Crypto, guys. We go live 9.30 Eastern every single weekday here to bring you high-quality educational and informational content and coverage of the cryptocurrency markets. We like to inform you of what's going on in the cryptocurrency markets on the technical, fundamental, and on-chain sides, and then we also like to educate you on how to read the technicals, fundamentals, and on-chain metrics so that you can come to an understanding of how to actually work and operate in these markets profitably and successfully and in a fulfilling manner. In this stream, we are going to be talking about some of the major barriers between where Bitcoin is right now, trading at just below $41,000 and $100,000. Because as we're going to talk about in just a second, the famed co-founder of Apple, Steve Wozniak, came out just a little while ago and said he believes that Bitcoin will go to $100,000 this year, but he's not quite sure why he believes that. It's just a thought that he has. So we're going to be talking about some of the major barriers between where we are now and a $100,000 Bitcoin, including conflict in Europe, rising interest rates, because as we saw yesterday, the Federal Reserve just just jumped Federal Reserve data, Federal Reserve interest rates by about 0.25%, 25 basis points, and projected another six to seven increases over the course of the next year and three more moving on into next year. A lot of major geopolitical, fundamental, on-chain and technical factors going into Bitcoin's price right now. And we're going to be talking about which ones are actually helping to promote Bitcoin's price, drive it to the upside, and which ones are slowing it down and some of the barriers that we need to overcome. Got a lot of great content lined up for you today. We're looking forward to today's show. Make sure to smash that like button if you are enjoying today's stream. And thank you very much to all of our subscribers who tune in every day. And thank you also to all of our members who show up and chat every single day. We're going to be shouting you guys out in a second. And by the way, special announcement, we have a members only live stream and coming up immediately after the show, we'll be going for between 15 to 30 minutes, and we're going to be uh, diving into a questions and answers. So anything you guys want to talk about, it's all on the table. So anybody who is a member can go ahead and join that. But I am joined, as always, by T.A. Tim. How you doing, Tim? What's up, everybody? I want to bring to you guys a serious message. Every day, millions of lives are uh, affected terribly by the onset of pineapple pizza. Oh, gosh. And this is a, a matter that we can no longer stay quiet. Hey, no, this is a serious matter. This is a serious matter. We can no longer stay quiet on. It is even, even brought the ranks of Charles Hoskinson in. He is now, uh, he's diverting his attention to solving yes. world problems, to helping these millions of people affected every day. Please now, uh, you know, donate to your local charity uh, to let the officials know pineapple should be made illegal in, on pizzas, you know. Mm -hmm. You can still eat it individually, but there's something about the chemical reaction when they're mixed together yeah. uh, that it is, it's deadly. So. What, if, what impact has it had on your wife, Tim? Because she's been affected, hasn't she? She, she's delusional. <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing, but. Uh, I don't know why I'm laughing either, that was really funny. I love her, I love her, I'm getting her help as soon as I can, but it's, it's a heart, it's, it's a pandemic, you know. Yeah, ooh, ooh, two pandemics going on at once. It's, it's Charles Hoskinson himself on March 15th said, just to be clear, pineapple on pizza is the root of all evil. Yes, he's he's getting serious he's about He's absolutely right. He's he's He gets it. He yeah. really does. A lot of people in the in, in the responses to his tweet said, hey, yeah. look, Jeb and Tim been talking about this over in Coffee and Crypto. I think we're the ones that broke the news, guys. Listen. In two years, we're going to look back and see 500 million cases, and we're going to say it started, and it was announced, and it was broken right here on Coffee and Crypto. That's why you should subscribe. 
Yeah, and, and as you guys can see in chat, even there's been uh, lots of people in chat affected as well. Uh, their minds have been twisted. So, yeah, this is serious, and we're gonna have to handle this as we move forward. Yeah, so. and it's actually not me playing the soundboard. It is actually Smay, who we we're joined by. How are you doing, Smay? Still looking like Stevie Wonder over there. <laughs> What's going on, my cool cats? I'm doing pretty good today. Keep it going, yeah. Um, guys, I gotta say, these ga these glasses were a gift from my friend Zach, uh, who works here. He brought them from Thailand. I love them, and I thank you for them very much. Um, but I'd like to say, guys, first and foremost, when will you guys finally believe me that the Celtics are gonna be going to the NBA Finals? Because here's the deal, guys. Ultimately, ultimately, we're talking, we're talking. <laughs> they just beat the Warriors, held, held them to 30 points in the first half. And Warriors are uh, number two in the in the West right now. Good record. What can you expect, man? I think it's pretty pretty. That's proof. But mm. anyways, I do want to say this. When I feel this way about how my team is doing, I had to rep them today. It makes me want to say green names because it reminds oh. me of the Celtics. And what I want to do right now is read some of those green names. So we got uh, we got Crypto Alchemist. We got Silva Dalla. We got Siobhan Golay. We got Ricardo Vinegas. We got Silva Dalla again. We got Rory Bjorkman. We got, uh, wow, you guys are, ooh, I need to find some more. Edward Hess here. Let's go scroll. Ooh, 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 ooh. ooh who else we got? Uh, 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 lots of Silva Dalla, a lot of Crypto Alchemist, a lot of Silva Golay. Uh, that's about it. That's the ones I'm seeing. Cool. Uh, I can say some off the top of my head, Rory? though. We you got Rory? Yeah, I did. I did. We got Crypto Rory. Sec guy. We got Matt C. I'll say some other on top of my head. Oh, I, you know, I love them. I love them all. Bitcoinologist. We got, we got Cameron. We got Bitcoinologist. We got Agent Gold. Um, man, I love you guys. We got Robert Casanova who said Robert no wire. He said no wire hangers or pineapple. Pe I think he's right. You know, who in this room stands for wire hangers? I use the plastic ones. That's a good point. I mean, who, who, does anybody like wire hangers? I'll be honest with you. A hanger's a hanger, guys. Come on. What? Come but, on, Smay. But hold on. Smay. Hey, cool cats. Get, hey, my, cool get my, back, my background music going again. Guys, my cool cats and, and ladies, we're going to be doing a member stream after this stream. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter one today because we've got some big thing, big bullish things we're working on. We're actually going to be interviewing uh, Michael Saylor today. Yes, we are. So it's going to be a short member stream, but it's going to be a very quality member stream. So make sure you join us today. Where's my backtrack? Keep it going. Make sure you cool cats and ladies join and enjoy. Hey, Tim, you did a video yesterday on the Federal Reserve interest rates. You want to talk about that as a kickoff for our market pulse? Well, I mean, here's the deal. So it's as expected. The number came out. It is 0.25. I think some people held out that maybe they were going to kick it down the road even more, the can that is, uh, and go with no hike. But that was very unreasonable. Some believed we might be going for 0.5 or 0.75. That would be a little too aggressive. So as it stands right now, the number is 0.25 hike to interest rates. But what's what they clarified was there are going to be at least seven hike rates the rest of this year, and they did not rule out the possibility of one of them being 0.5. So we, by the end of the year, are going to be looking at at least 1.75%, if not 2%, hike to interest rates. And that might not even be enough because that, by reasonable uh, explanation would only get our inflation down to four, I think it's 4.25, instead of the 2% that a lot of economists were looking for and hoping for. So 
Even though I think we have short-term bullish movement for the crypto space, this is an issue that is going to continue to be like pretty much every single month right here on the second week. We got to start looking back in and saying, all right, what's the Fed going to decide now? Because this is not about to go away. If anything, it's about to get really interesting and could be a diversion to why retail investors want to get into the space. Boom. There you go. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and jump straight into our technical analysis. But before we do, Tim, we got some articles we want to look at, including Cardano's yeah meteoric rise and when you cover that let me let them let them jump to my screen because i actually have the chart of it up but go ahead and take it away well so here's the thing cardano breaks 200 million tvl as bitcoin preps for a hundred thousand dollar surge so this article goes on a lot of details but this is really big news and jeb's gonna tell us why why is that 200 million tvl so important and why should people care that 200 million tvl is so important because cardano is a platform that you build layer two protocols on and it has been in development ever since about six years ago. We have been seeing uh, Charles Hoskinson and IOHK, now IO, uh, IO Global, working on Cardano for a long time. And as of about two months ago, it was just under two months ago, actually, we saw Cardano's total value locked. That's just the amount of money locked up in smart contracts on the platform sitting at $3 million. That is up nearly 1,000% up to $223 million. Now, if you look at other projects such as Ethereum that has currently, let's see, $113 billion in TVL, you might think, okay, yeah, but Cardano only having $200 million, that's not that big of a deal. However, I would say that it is, and the reason is because it shows the market growth in this industry, in this project. The total value locked has more than doubled in just the last three weeks, and that is going to continue as other projects like ADAX, Sunday Swap, MinSwap continue to go online and grow. Hmm. Well, also in the news, we have Terra Luna. The founder plans on obtaining $10 billion of Bitcoin for Terra Luna reserves. He actually even said, we're already buying. So there's a good number of Bitcoin already going to be bought here. If we if we see regulation come out, we could see other institutions fall as well. But this is just a start. Obviously, Terra Luna is one of the coins that this channel is really big on for the future. And they are talking about their love for Bitcoin as well. Any thoughts on that one, Jeb? Yeah, no, I think that what we're seeing here is that a lot of people even in the cryptocurrency space, are relearning the importance of having Bitcoin in their portfolio. It is just absolutely critical that you hold Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the mother of cryptocurrencies, and it's also the only true solution to the inflation crisis that we have right now. Rising interest rates is not going to fix inflation. It's always going to be an issue, but Bitcoin is a place that you can run to when the dollar loses its value. Well, the last one we have here, and we talked about it a little bit when the in the intro, Steve Wozniak, one of the Apple co-founders, predicts that Bitcoin is going to hit $100,000. Now, that's really big because Steve Wozniak is a very respected man, a very smart man. Unfortunately, though, his reason leaves, uh, leaves a lot to be desired. His reason right here, I don't know if you're on my screen, he said, uh, I don't know why I have that theory. I can't put any mathematics to it. I just really feel it from all of the interest in crypto. So while that's a bullish headline, Jeb, what are your thoughts about his reasoning for $100,000? I think his reasoning is rock solid. I think it's great. I think it's completely in alignment with 90% of all predictions on YouTube about where Bitcoin is going. No, but for real, I think he's... I think he's overly optimistic. <clears throat> I don't think Bitcoin is going to go to $100,000 this year anymore. I did think that. And then we saw Bitcoin drop for four and a half months straight. So we're going to talk about that in more detail a little bit later. But just kind of a snippet of my opinion. No, I do not think that we're going to see a $100,000 Bitcoin this year. However, I do think that you're going to see a $10 million Bitcoin in the next 20 years. So the point is patience. That's what we need to be paying attention to. Now, if you're enjoying today's show, smash that like button. We got 1,100 people watching, almost 1,200 people watching. Hit that like button. Let's see if we can't get to 400 likes. 
we've got a lot of great content coming. We've even got some really cool stuff coming out in the next week that you're not going to want to miss. So make sure you subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We're going to go ahead and jump on over to CoinMarketCap, run through it relatively quickly, and then jump onto the charts. Right now, Bitcoin is trading at $41,000. It is up 1.19% over the last 24 hours. Ethereum up 4.63%. Binance Coin up 4.38%. XRP up almost 4%. Cardano up 5%. Solana up 6%, 7%. Avalanche up 15% with quite a bit of volatility, just dropping down to 13.7 in one tick. Now, there's a very interesting thing that you need to read into about this. What does it mean that Bitcoin has only rallied 1% and the altcoin space is rallying between 5 and 10%? I mean, just take a look at the altcoin space here in the top in the top 100. There are a ton of projects that are doing very, very well. Now, ApeCoin being up 600% is special because this just launched. That has to do with the uh, Board Ape Yacht Club. Not going to get into that too much. I think that just launched literally yesterday. So this is an outlier. But even PancakeSwap up 26% here. CeeLo, Ave, ThorChain. ThorChain's been growing a lot in this TVL. Avalanche, Maker, Decred. SXP, Compound, the Sandbox, uh, Sand, all of these projects, uh, Curve Dow Token, all of these projects, BAT, all of these projects up almost 10% while Bitcoin is up only about 1%. We only have a couple of losers, Symbol down 0.1%, 0.01%, Neutrino USD down 0.22%, and we can also see that <coughs> XDC Network down 0.27%. So what does it mean? whenever the cryptocurrency markets are continuing to rally like this. Well, what I think it means when Bitcoin rallies a little bit and the altcoins rally a lot is that there's actually a little bit of confidence in the space. Because we jump over to Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin's been rallying some, but the simple fact of the matter is we have not seen this cryptocurrency market continue to rally. Uh, it, we have not seen Bitcoin continue to rally, excuse me, in the same way that the altcoins have been. Bitcoin has been rallying, but the altcoins have been rallying faster. And that signals actually quite a bit of confidence coming into the space. When the altcoins are rallying and Bitcoin is not rallying that much, here's what that means. It means that there is a risk on mentality in crypto. Now, what does that mean? You probably heard risk on, risk off in traditional markets. Tr typically, traditional stock uh, 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 retail investors in the stock market and traditional finance look at Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies as risk on. It means that if you're investing in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, it means that the rest of your portfolio is in a place where you're willing to take on more risk because they see Bitcoin as risky. Now, I think Bitcoin is actually the least risky of any inflation-hardened asset in the history of mankind, but I'm not the average guy. I've been studying Bitcoin for five years, but the rest of the market does see Bitcoin as a risky asset. With in cryptocurrency, we see Bitcoin as the least risky asset, and then we see the altcoins as the more risky asset. So if even us in the cryptocurrency market see the rest of the altcoins as more risky than Bitcoin, what do you think the retail in the traditional space sees the altcoins as? Obviously, they see it as very risky because they see Bitcoin as risky and then they see the altcoins as more risky. What's my point here? When the altcoins are rallying and when Bitcoin is not rallying that much, it actually signals that there's a good bit of confidence in the space because you got to find somewhere for that valuation to flow into the altcoins. That valuation has been sitting on the sidelines in the form of, of almost $180 billion in dry powder reserves sitting in the stablecoins. If you look at what the stablecoins were doing just a few years ago, now they just changed their layout here on CoinMarketCap, so I can see if I can find it, but there is a way on CoinMarketCap you can go back in history and look at historical uh, look at the, the history of uh, cryptocurrencies. But if you do that and you go back three years, Tether did not have an $80 billion market capitalization. It, like, it had like a $10 billion market cap, if not a whole lot less. So there are quite a few people that are investing quite a lot of money into Tether, into the other stable coins like USD coin. It's got $50 million, uh, excuse me, $50 billion. Uh, Terra USD at $15 billion. There is a ton of money sitting on the sidelines. That means that whenever people get just a little bit of confidence, then they decide 
decide, okay, I'm going to go and buy into some of these assets that I think are going to have a high return. This all, in my opinion, actually stems from what we saw with the Federal Reserve yesterday. If you watched Tim's video yesterday, it was a phenomenal video. Make sure you go back and watch it. He talks about how the Fed, the FOMC, the Federal Open Market Committee, met and they decided to raise interest rates by 0.25%, also known as 25 base points. A base point is just 0.01%. That might be helpful for you if you've heard that term before because a lot of times it's kind of confusing these terms. Point, uh, base point, basis point, excuse me, that's just 0.01% is what that is. So the Federal Reserve raised that for the first time in a long time. You can see the last uh, 60 to 70 years here of interest rates as provided by, I believe this is Fox News providing this. You can see that interest rates back in the early 80s, late uh, 70s were actually sitting up at 20%. I had an uncle uh, named Johnny who passed away in the late 2000s who actually made millions because because he invested in bonds and this dude had CDs as well uh, and this he was making 25% uh, you know 18 20% a year and he made all of his money off of that and then turned around and put it into real estate and built his wealth through interest rates right now what people are doing on the other hand is that because interest rates are so low is they're taking loans out with no interest paying nothing on it and then they're going out and buying real estate and that's inflating the real estate market but the point here is the inter- the federal reserve was raising the federal funds rate which is basically the base interest rate that all of the other banks utilize uh, whenever they are doing you know their banking they dropped that to the floor lower when the pandemic started. And now for the first time in several years, they have started to raise that. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but I just want to mention that I think that has a lot to do with why people are investing in the altcoins because they see, okay, one, the Federal Reserve is actually taking steps to curb inflation, which in the long term should hopefully help the stock market and the rest of the uh, the economy. But I also think that it finally provides a little bit of certainty. One of the major things that we've seen over the last two years that has been hampering Bitcoin's price is a level of uncertainty. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt is very, very important to the market. It holds the market down. In fact, I'd say it's one of the biggest barriers to that $100,000 price that we're going to talk about later. The uncertainty of not knowing what is the Federal Reserve going to do was absolutely holding the price down because people didn't know, are they going to leave it at zero for three years or are they going to raise it by 3% by the end of the year? And now Jerome Powell has come out and he said, okay, well, we're going to raise it to 0.25% or excuse me, we're going to raise it by uh, 25 basis points. And then we're also going to be looking at raising it multiple times, a half dozen times before the year's over. And they haven't ruled out the possibility of one of those increases being 50 basis points. So we could, in theory, based on what Jerome Powell said, see a 3% federal funds rate by the end of the year. So at least we have some idea of what the roadmap is for the rest of the year. So Tim, how big of an impact do you think the FOMC's meeting yesterday had on the prices of altcoins? And is there any opportunity in the altcoin space that you are seeing right now? Well, see, I think I think it had less to do with the altcoins. Okay. It, it indirectly affects the altcoins, but it had a lot to do with the certainty of crypto as a whole, and specifically Bitcoin, where Bitcoin is obviously the top dog in the crypto world. But the confidence in Bitcoin and the confidence in crypto as a whole is why we I think that the altcoins could see a little bit of a bump happening um, in the space. Now, the, the only thing I will say is I, I do believe that altcoin rallies or altcoin markets are going to heavily rely upon institutional adoption. And I don't think that necessarily applies to Cardano, Ethereum, some of the bigger ones, because I do think institutions will come in on them. But when you see some of these smaller coins rally 10x, 20x, they, they're going 1,000x, no, they're not 1,000x, but they're going by 1,000%, that often is sparked by heavy retail investment. And what we found out yesterday was that unless something changes, unless uh, we see something new coming into the space, 
everything we see happening in Europe right now continued with now this increased uh, interest rate and it's gonna put pressure on retail investors. Could we see retail investors step back instead of that adoption continuing to happen? We actually see retail investors pausing, if not starting to take some profit to pay their normal bills. It's the institutional adoption that I think has a case to pick up the rest of this year, but that isn't necessarily talking very, uh, that's not a very positive sign for a lot of these smaller cap altcoins that have the potential to turn $1 into 1,000 over a couple of weeks. Absolutely, and I think it's also important that we realize that just because Bitcoin's up one or 2%, just because the altcoins have a 10% green day, does not mean that we're out of the woods yet. I think it's very easy for us to put too much stock in a small rally and think, okay, well, Bitcoin's rallying. We just had a little bit of certainty given to us by the Fed. Boom, bull market's back on. We're going for a massive rally. We're going to get out of this accumulation phase, going to go into a giant uptrend. Hold your horses. We still need confirmations. Let me go ahead and do a little bit of technical analysis here, and then we're going to jump into our community discussion. If any of you guys have any super chats you want to read, we will be getting to that here in five minutes. Now, out on the Bitcoin daily chart, there are a multitude of different things that I've said I want to see before I can confidently say that Bitcoin is going to resume a major uptrend and start going back to all-time high. Number one, I want to see Bitcoin get confidently above $46,000. Why $46,000? Because that would be a higher high as set on February the 10th. I want to see it get above $46,000 and stay above there for 7 to 10 days. I also want to see it stay bullish on Lux Algo for 7 to 10 days, which it currently is. By the way, if you guys don't have Lux Algo, you absolutely need to get it. I haven't talked about it recently because it's been saying strong for a while. You can see there is a strong buy signal on Lux Algo right now, but judging mm -hmm. by where the trend catcher is, it's not the most strong buy signal. You can see the color actually changed from strong, which is this green color, to purple, which is just a normal buy signal recently. So Lux Algo is giving a buy signal saying that we're in an uptrend, but two things on that. Number one, it's not a very strong uptrend because, well, one, the color changed to show that it's just a normal uptrend, and two, when you're in a sideways ranging market like this, that's not really what Lux Algo was designed to do. Lux Algo was designed to give you an idea of when you're in a strong trend. So right now we had a trend to the upside back here in July. Right here we had a trend back here in October. These are strong trends that Luxalgo does a very good job of predicting. Even in this time here, right, right when we were trading sideways, Luxalgo is not really built for that. Different indicators are built for different things. And typically when you're in a side tr sideways trend like this, instead of using a, trend in a trending indicator, you're going to use levels of support and resistance to indicate the breakout levels that you would need to go back into a trend. So what are those? Well, I just mentioned one of them, $46,000. I want to see Bitcoin get above 46K for seven to 10 days. There's a few other things I want to see, though. Out on the three daily chart, I would like to see RSI here on the uh, three daily chart MACD, sorry, on the three daily chart RSI, get above and stay above 50 for at least seven to 10 days. I'd like to see it do that confidently. Right now, it is not confident moving to the upside. It's got a little bit of an uptrend here, which is all well, fine, and dandy, but the the fact is, and the problem is, it's just not rallying that quickly. We're barely sitting up here at 48, barely able to maintain it. This is a very weak trend on the RSI. Now, if RSI had done this, that would be a very strong trend. This is a very weak trend to the upside. So it just means that the market is reconfiguring itself and resetting back to 50. The thing you have to realize about RSI is that RSI is typically calculated based off of, I believe it's 14 data points. Yeah, 14 data points right there. In the last 14 days, in the last 14 candlesticks, these are three daily candlesticks, RSI, uh, the chart has more or less moved sideways. So whenever the market moves sideways, an oscillator tends to go back to its baseline, which is 50. So if you see RSI go to 50 right here and it just sits there, that is not the confirmation I'm looking for. I'm looking for a confident break to the upside above 50. I'm not looking for it to sit at 51 for seven to 10 days. I want to see it be breaking up towards 60, maybe 
maybe 70 for seven to 10 days, confidently breaking 50. Because if it just trades sideways at 50 right here, as it's been doing, all that means is that it's still in an accumulation phase, and that is not a sign of an uptrend. That's just a sign of sideways movement, as we've seen. I also want to see the MACD continue to move to the upside. I had said a while back that I want to see it and confidently stay in an uptrend for seven to 10 days. However, it's already done that. And the fact of the matter is, it is the exact same thing as the RSI in that it comes back to the baseline whenever it's trading sideways. So I want to see MACD start breaking above its zero line with confidence and do that for seven to 10 days. And then I'm going to be more confident in the price action of Bitcoin. Essentially, I want to see Bitcoin break out of its range that has been in ever since the beginning of the year. One bullish thing that we do have is we do have a bullish engulfing candlestick formation here on the three daily chart. We had a red candlestick here, green candlestick that was twice its size. That's great. That is oftentimes a bottoming signal. However, we're also looking at a spinning top right here, which doesn't give me a lot of confidence in what the next candlestick on the three daily chart is going to look like. Even down here on the daily chart, you can see we had a bullish engulfing candlestick followed by a green red green formation but then we also have that spinning top right there and down here on the four hourly chart you can see that we're currently sitting below resistance and to be honest with you we could break this resistance but i just really don't see a lot of momentum and strength coming from the bulls right now that would lead me to believe that we're going to do that we also have to know that there are plenty of other levels of resistance that we need to look out for for example right here at 42.5 which was our previous high back on the 9th of march we also have forty-four thousand six hundred dollars right up here so there are a lot of things preventing us from even getting to $46,000, which in my opinion is the very first thing that is preventing us from getting to $100,000. If we are able to go into an uptrend and we would know that we're in an uptrend by confidently breaking $46,000, then that's when we can start having conversations about a return to all-time high. Until then, we have a lot of work to do getting out of this accumulation phase. Now, we're going to talk about here in a second how Bitcoin could get back to $100,000, what that road's going to look like, and then coming up on Saturday, we're also going to be talking about what to do in a sideways market like this, what to do if this market were to turn into a bear market. Right now, it's not a bear market. It's an accumulation phase. But if it were to do that, what would we do to profit from it? So make sure you subscribe to the channel and stay tuned for that because we want to make sure that you guys are equipped not only informationally, but also educationally for everything that you need to come and be successful in the cryptocurrency markets. We're going to go ahead and move into a segment of community discussion, meet with you guys, read some of your chats, answer some questions, have some fun. Make sure to smash that like button if you haven't already. Tim, take it away. Full screen. You know, we have a new Jedi Youngling, and, and this this name is a challenge to my skills of the English language, but the truth is this is not an English word, so if I butcher it, I I don't think this can be held against me too much. Uh, I would love to know, this is, a, I, I think, a Slavic name, I don't know, it looks Mario Dorshinovic. I, that's actually how I was going to pronounce it. I, I think that that's think how that it's pronounced. Uh, I'm, gonna, I, I'm pretty sure Mario is correct, but Doshinovic, let me know if that is how you pronounce your name. But welcome Watch to Jim by Younglings. You are going to be able to be a part of the stream Woo. here shortly after the show is over. Uh, we have some more Super Chats, though. Russell Gardner said... Uh, Let's see. Well, that's not a super. This is a chat he asked. Uh, Crypto Jeb, what's your Lux Algo settings? You, I, mean, I, I yeah. know that you don't usually change it, but if you did change it. No, I actually it. keep it very standard. Yeah. So the, if you go to my chart, I'll show you. On my settings here in Lux Algo, which I probably need to update it. I bet there's an update. I'm at 4.4 right now. But if you go in here to settings on Lux Algo, go to inputs. I personally leave this at 12, and then I go to confirmation on signals mode. If you do contrarian, then that's going to change things quite a bit. I leave it at 12. I don't personally use autopilot, even though this is a very powerful tool. I personally just like leaving it at 12. I found that to be the most useful. Down here are the four different uh, parts of Lux Algo that you can turn on. You can turn on the reversal zones, the EQ cloud, the trend catcher, and you can turn on the trend tracer, and then also, excuse me, the signals. 
Now, the trend tracer, you can see, is another line right here. I normally don't use the trend tracer. I'm much more uh, comfortable with the trend catcher. I also come down here and change the candlestick color into com uh, confirmation sig uh, simple. Uh, signals agility is default at 26. And then I also make sure, I think there's one more thing that I have in here, uh, confirmation plus exits. Uh, yeah, so th th this is how I set it up right here. And then if you're also setting up Lux Oscillator Premium, I leave this completely uh, completely default. I use Legacy. You can also change that to Classic if you want. This changes Lux Oscillator a little bit. I actually personally prefer Legacy because it's actually showing, it's actually using the exact same data. It's just showing it a little bit differently. I find the oscillator down here to be a little bit more helpful. If you guys want to get Lux Algo, I highly, highly encourage it. I use it every single day in my technical analysis, and it is an indispensable part of my trading and investing toolkit, my technical analysis toolkit, I should say. So make sure you sign up. You can use coupon code JEB, J-E-B-B, for 20% off at checkout with the link in the description box down below. You know, another thing to peep, keep in mind about Lux Algo, as Jeb was even talking about earlier, showing the strong, uh, the strong buys and sell signals, if people think that there's anything out there that is 100% accurate and no matter if you use it, it will 100% of the time give you the best buy and the best sell. I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm sorry to break it to you. There's no such thing as that. Yeah. Uh, that is that does not exist. There's no such thing as perfect. But go back. You know, test Lux Algo. Go back and look at the analysis. And and I'm telling you, back analysis on what they call, and if you read it correctly, how they train you to use it, it's it's well over 70% accurate yeah. of being a good buy. And that's, that's the thing. When you look at expert traders, when you read uh, th their books, when you read their strategies, they discuss it is not about being right 100% of the time. It's about being right more often than you're wrong, hedging your hedging your trades so that if you are wrong, you don't lose that much. But when you're right, you're right and you make a lot of money. That's the name of the game when it comes to trading. Absolutely. And that's why Lux Algo is so valuable and why I love it so much. Absolutely. We have a, another that came in. Uh, it's, it's from a member. So Dr. Fuzzy Eyeball, who's been a member now I for six months. Jebi Youngly said, no question today. Well, no, I thought it was a question. It was not. I should have read that before. Huh. Just wanted to say <laughs> Mazel, Mazel Tov. I said Mazel. Gosh, my English. Mazel Tov Well, it's not English, Jeb so that, well, that's why. What? I said it's not. Is Mazel Tov actually English no, I'm or pretty sure it's, it's Hebrew? Well, I, you know, it's whatever. I was going to say it's not English, so that's Listen, okay. <laughs> it's reading, though. Mazel Tov to the marriage. Oh, Hope you guys you. had an amazing honeymoon. We did. Thank you so much for yeah, that. Really see, appreciate it that. It looks like something else is coming in. The doctor himself is so, talking. So the way it's pronounced, Mario, is it Doishinovic? Doshinovic. Doshinovic? Doshinovic. 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 I believe it. That's it. The only right. reason why I know it ends with Vich, Vich. instead of Vic is because of uh, uh, Luka Doncic. Yeah, it's just... And it's got the same little symbol. And, and he say, someone else said it was it's a Croatian name, so I was, yeah. wrong, okay. I was wrong on both ends. I'm okay. sorry. Well, well, there you go. Well, we, all, we, all, we have one final question because we got about 60 seconds here. Uh, let me see. Uh, I don't know who asked this. I'm trying to find it. But yeah, Jackal1370 said, at Crypto Jeb, is a hot dog a sandwich? I say yes, I think it is. What's the consensus in the room? Though? Uh, no. It's not? No. Is water wet? No. It's not. You're right. Water That's is not wet. Water cannot be wet because water is the thing that makes... Things wet. wet is the state of being covered in water. Water yes. cannot be covered with itself. It sure is it just can. itself. Wait a minute. Okay, but that de that definition doesn't make it. Okay, we're going to get off on a tangent here. Anywho, guys, what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and jump into our headlines and discussion. We're going to talk a little bit about 
What's stopping a $100,000 Bitcoin price? So, Tim, can you touch on that article again, Steve Wozniak? Let it, let, let's hear his exact reasoning yeah. for why he thinks it's going there. We can we can read this again. So, uh, I'm just going to read this part of the article. You guys are following along. I think you're on my screen now, Smay. The co-founder of technology giant Apple has predicted that Bitcoin will more than double in the price based off of market speculation alone. Speaking on the wild ride of Steve-O uh, Steve podcast, Steve Wozniak said that he has personally experimented with cryptocurrency, but is not in it to make money. Just recently, I think that Bitcoin is going to go to 100,000, Wozniak told the podcast. So at this point in the, the article, great stuff. A lot of people are reading this and saying, oh, wow, Steve Wozniak thinks $100,000. Wozniak thinks $100, uh, this must be really good. It, it, this, is, this is where it gets a little hairy. He says, I don't know where I get that theory. I can't put any mathematics to it. I just really feel it from all the interest in crypto. Uh, is, is Steve Wozniak a, a crypto noob? Because that sounds like what a, yeah. a, a crypto noob would you say. You know, I actually... It is as, as, as funny as it is to knock on his reason, I think he's actually onto something here. And I think you got to think about like the wisdom of a child. Well, you know, how, how often have you heard a child who's like three, four, five, six years old just say the most profound thing in the world because they don't know anything? Like they don't understand the world. They don't have all these mathematics and formulas and charts and all this stuff in their head and to confuse them. They just got common sense. They're like, hey, that looks like this. Never thought about that. I always overcomplicated it. I guess you're right, little Jimmy, who's four and, a, four and a half years old. I think what Wozniak just said is actually a funny reason, but I also don't want to be prideful and say, oh, well, I have so many better reasons. I have better charts than you. I have better on-chain than you. I have better fundamentals than you. At the end of the day, market sentiment is what drives Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So I actually think his reason here is the most profound reason that Bitcoin will go to $100,000. What did he say? I have the article right here. I just lost it. Let me pull it up really quickly. Let me read the direct quote. He said, I don't know where I get that theory. I can't put any mathematics into it. He's basically saying, I ain't got an idea what the technicals and the fundamentals say. I'm not knocking technicals and fundamentals. I read them every day. They're very important. I'm not saying that that's irrelevant. I just really feel it from all of the interest in crypto. And you know, I think he's actually right. I think we are going to go to $100,000 based almost not based purely on the fun, the interest in crypto, but I think that is one of the main driving factors and one of the main um, indications that we are because the amount of people that are interested in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency right now is astronomical. It's absolutely ridiculous. And the reason is because Bitcoin was founded on principles for a purpose to help people. We've talked about all of this. But... I want to talk about some of the reasons why Bitcoin is going to go to $100,000. But I actually think, even though he doesn't admittedly know really why, I think he actually hit on the most important reason, and that is because there is an absolute plethora of interest in crypto. Now, let's back up a little bit and talk about why that interest is there. So I'm going to be brief on this because we talked about it before. The reason that there's so much interest in crypto, I say, falls into two camps. Number one, you have people in the first world who want to make a bunch of money. They want to become rich. There's a lot of money in the first world. You got to realize that the United States alone makes up a quarter of the entire globe's GDP. The European Union makes up another quarter of the world's GDP. Those two blocks, excuse me, that country and that block to combine make up half of the world's economy. There's a lot of very wealthy people in those nations that are very interested in Bitcoin and have poured collectively billions, hundreds of billions of dollars into crypto. But there's actually another segment of people invested and interested in cryptocurrency. And those are people that are disillusioned or otherwise disenfranchised with their local banking and monetary systems. Systems. I'm talking about the people of Afghanistan that have no way of storing wealth into the future. Their banking system's completely collapsed. What, are you going to go buy land and have it seized from you? What could happen to it? You know, there's no way to store wealth in a nation that is war-torn. In Syria, in right now Ukraine, in Russia, where the ruble's dropping 35% in the span of a month. In 
all these different nations where there's hyperinflation going on. Zimbabwe, we're talking about Venezuela. We're talking about El Salvador now. El Salvador wasn't experiencing hyperinflation because it's dollarized, but they were disenfranchised with the banking system. It took them 100 years to get 2.5 million people online on, their, on the banking system. They got that many people online in cryptocurrency in three weeks. I interviewed the man that did it down at the North American Bitcoin Conference. So there's a second cohort that is investing in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And those are the people that need Bitcoin because they have nothing else. And that is a very, very large segment of the human race that we're talking about. We're talking about probably 2 billion people that in time will realize that Bitcoin is the only way for them to actually store wealth into the future and preserve wealth from physical attack and theft. There is a lot of interest in crypto, and for good reason, because I believe that Bitcoin was the most revolutionary, most impactful idea and solution to the biggest problem in the 21st century that humankind has ever faced financially, and that is that financial sovereignty always had to be in the hands of a trusted third party called a bank or called an employer or called a lender. Now it can be in the hands of us. That's why I do believe Bitcoin will go to $100,000 and far more. But now let's talk a little bit about his prediction of $100,000 and what will stop Bitcoin, or excuse me, what stands in the way of Bitcoin getting to $100,000 and some of the things that we're going to need to see knocked down, some of the roadblocks we're going to need to see knocked down before Bitcoin does get to 100 k because I think it's virtually inevitable that it will indeed happen. So, Tim, what are some of your biggest reasons why you think it's going to, not, not the reasons you think it's not going to go to $100,000, but what are some of the biggest roadblocks you see in getting there? Well, you know, I... Listening to what you're saying, you know, I'm listening, trying to listen to your take. Also, what Steve Wozniak is saying, I have an agreement and a disagreement with with the concept. Now, if he is talking about interest from institutional investors, then I might actually have to say he has a point here. That's not the feeling I got. And I, I when we say there's a lot of interest coming in the crypto space, I disagree with that statement. I actually think interest is leaving the crypto space. I don't think it's though because crypto is a bad thing or is not working. I do believe we're going to see that interest come back in, especially as we th see things go downhill economically. But there are two big factors right now that are hurting not just U.S. economics, because a lot of times I think we're tempted to just think about U.S. citizens and what their views are. But we're seeing a lot of things that trickle from what affects the U.S. economy. Uh, economics into the rest of the world. The first thing is what we see happening right now with war in Europe between Russia and Ukraine, that is a world economic problem. That affects almost every single country because what happens with oil, what happens with all of the, you know, what Ukraine can produce food-wise, what Russia produces oil-wise, with sanctions on Russia and Ukraine being stifled, that affects every single economy in the world, right? That's the first thing. So now we have retail investors who, as much as they would love to be invested in thinking and growing their education in crypto, you got to first worry about, do I have food to eat today? Do I have a roof over my head? Am I going to be able to provide for my family? That concern has to come first, and it's going to. Then you throw on top of it the U.S. dollar, which is kind of the staple fiat currency that a lot of other currencies kind of base themselves off of. When we see the dying of the U.S. economy and the U.S. dollar, that affects other economies as well. That's one of the reasons why El Salvador, for example, decided to leave the U.S. dollar and go to Bitcoin for their, for their uh, uh, currency. Here's the problem, though. As we see these two things happening, and again, it affects the United States citizens very much so, but there's a trickle effect. It affects everybody, and the average retail investor is going to be forced to stop thinking about crypto for a second and actually think about their food. Now, there's a lot, I'm not saying that's going to happen to everyone. Obviously, I would imagine we have 1,800 people watching here. You guys are crypto enthusiasts. Even though you guys are going to go through a struggle because the rest of the world is going through a struggle economically, you're going to continue to hold to and know and see the future and saying, I'm going to go ahead 
ahead and deny myself some of these needs right now and these desires right now to invest in my future. And that is awesome. We need more of it. But if we're speaking just realistically, what are the chances that actually happens? I don't see that happening over this year. So if we're going to rely on retail interest to graze Bitcoin to $100,000, I think we're putting our money in a boat that's going to sink. I don't think that price is coming from retail investors. I actually think that's the case uh, for sideways or bear market movement from the Bitcoin price. Where I do, though, put the point of like, hey, what's stopping us from $100,000? At this point, A, retail investment. We know that. That's probably going to continue the rest of this year, at least until we see what happens, come to a conclusion with the war in Europe. But the other thing is regulation bringing institutional investments in. Can we see something happening this year with regulation that allows those billions of dollars from institutions to come in? That is also keeping us around $100,000. But the minute that's solved, this is the perfect season. We talked about it this morning, Jeb, during our planning meeting. Yep. Manipulation. The whole purpose of manipulation in markets is to get all of the retail investors out of the space so that whales and institutions can get all of the supply and then skyrocket the price, making themselves money. What we see happening with interest rates and this war, they don't have to manipulate anymore. That The news, the headlines of what's happening in the world, that's getting all the retail investors out. This will allow for the institutions to make money, and that could bring us on $100,000 Bitcoin price by the end of the year. But if you're asking what's stopping us from $100,000, it's retail interest actually dropping, and it's institutions waiting to see what regulation actually is going to look like. And I think it's very important that we realize that when you're in the U.S. dollar, <clears throat> when you're in the stock market, when you're in the real estate market, and I'm going to directly quote Michael Saylor here. I've been studying him quite a bit as I'm interviewing him tomorrow. I like to be very prepared for these big interviews. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm interviewing him today. I'm interviewing him in like three hours. One of the things he said is that when you're on a sinking ship, shuffling deck chairs on the sinking ship doesn't really help you all that much, does it? Because the ship is still sinking. He's talking about the, everything that's based on the U.S. dollar. So we're talking about the real estate markets, the stock markets, the bond markets, the precious metal markets, oil markets, anything in the basket of goods that the CPI measures. All of that is attributed and ascribed to the U.S. dollar. Bitcoin, however, is not. It does not get its value and it is not denominated. And it does not go back to the value of the U.S. dollar where if the U.S. dollar collapses, Bitcoin does. Now, if the U.S. dollar collapses, it's going to cause a big problem in the global financial markets and that's going to lead to FUD, which is going to collapse the price of the of Bitcoin short term, but long term, Bitcoin was designed as the solution to this problem. So shuffling deck chairs on a sinking ship is relatively useless. You kind of got to jump ship and get on another boat. And that's what Bitcoin is. It's another boat that is rock solid and is completely and totally indestructible, incorruptible, and immutable. That's why we invest in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So is Bitcoin going to go to $100,000? Yes. Absolutely it is. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, in my opinion, unless there's a better technology. But guess what? Bitcoin was first to market. There is no better technology that has first to market advantage. Everything else that has even tried to be like Bitcoin, Dash, Monero, Litecoin, any one of the cryptocurrencies that is used as a long-term asset-based store of value has failed because Bitcoin does a good enough job and it has all of the market dominance. When Bitcoin goes into a major rally, it is going to be because more people realize, okay, Bitcoin, yes, is volatile, but Bitcoin was made for a bigger reason. I am going to shout this from the rooftops until every person on the planet understands that Bitcoin is the solution to the biggest financial problem that we have had in the history of modern civilization since the advent of agriculture. And that is, if you want to build a society, then you have to have a centralized third party that runs things. That's called a government. It started whenever you saw people 
having little towns of 50 people. Somebody's got to be in charge or the whole thing breaks down. Now with finance, you can have a trust, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, a trustless software-based third party that is called the Bitcoin network that's completely incorruptible, immutable, and intrinsically neutral. It's not going to attack you because, oh, I don't like you or I don't like you. Bitcoin doesn't have an opinion. It's not going to come for you. And because of its nature of being able to be completely restored from one node, and there's millions of nodes around the world, even in the event of a nuclear war, Bitcoin's network would still survive if it had one computer that had power turned off and was still in existence. Why is Bitcoin going to go to $100,000 and a lot higher? It's going to go there because of the reasons it was built and because of the absolute revolutionary methodology that it was built on. I'll just run through some of the roadblocks to get there first. War in Ukraine. We have interest rate uncertainty. Now we have interest rate certainty, but there's uncertainty about what the interest rates rising is going to do to the stock market. We also have the inflation of the U.S. dollar, which in the long term proves the point of Bitcoin, but also scares people and wants people to hold on to their assets so that they're uh, so that they don't go broke. Basically, is what it is. Because of a lack of education, people don't realize that Bitcoin is actually that other ship that they need to jump to. A lot of people are still doing the shuffling of the deck chairs kind of deal. They need to realize that they got to get off the boat. It's an education problem. It's going to take 10 or 20 years for people to really understand and get the paradigm shift in their mind about what Bitcoin is and why it's there. That is one of the barriers to $100,000. We're also looking at technical barriers. We have, for example, the transactional throughput of Bitcoin. A lot of people still see Bitcoin as the future of currency. I, at this point, unless Lightning Network does something completely revolutionary, really don't think it's going to end up being massively used for currency. It is really going to be used for asset. And by the way, that's a $100 trillion market right there. So don't think that that's going to stifle the growth of Bitcoin. It's not. Bitcoin does have things stopping it from going to $100,000. Do any of them change why Bitcoin was made, the solution, or do any of them stop the problem that we see Bitcoin is, solo is, is solving? Soluving. Solving. No. The, the, the problem is that any company, any cryptocurrency has to have a problem that it's the solution to for it to be successful. What's the problem? Other people have control of your finances and they, you do not have financial sovereignty because of the way that the money of the world is set up, because of the way the banking system of the world is set up. Number one, the problem is only getting worse. So the solution only becomes more valuable. Has Bitcoin stopped being the perfect solution to that problem? It has not. In fact, it has only been exemplified as the near-perfect solution to one of the biggest financial problems that humanity has ever known. That right there is why Bitcoin's going to go to $100,000. Seriously. Simple. Everything else is dressing on the icing of a cake. The core is that there's a problem that Bitcoin solves, and it's a $100 trillion problem, and Bitcoin does a great job of solving it. That's why it's going to go to $100,000. And Steve Wozniak hit it on the head when he said that he feels like it's going to go there because of interest. You know why people are interested? Because amazing solutions like that get interest from the world. That's my take. Uh, Smay, do you have any thoughts on that? on where Bitcoin is going to go, how it's going to get to 100K, what's stopping it? I mean, I think I think exactly what Tim just said earlier. I think, to be honest with you, a big part of what's stopping it is, in my opinion, the idea that retail is just completely uninterested. I, I, I think... You know, I think institutions is one side of it and they have enough money to do it. But we've seen the power of the retail investor with the whole GameStop stuff <clears throat> and that they can take down and and will what they want to happen to the price uh, against what the institutions were doing. All the institutions were shorting uh, GameStop and all this stuff and retail alone decided to to change that. So it's like in, in this case, I really think that the issue here is there's a lack of interest overall. They're just overall people right now, their houses are on fire. Like Tim said, it's, it's so uncertain. Like right now, like 
Sorry, my throat is really crazy. Um, no, it's, so it's like glasses—they're too cool for you. That's too oh, cool gosh. for me. I started to get a raspy voice, but uh, no, like there's the thing is like when More gas prices when <clears throat> wow, good grief, when gas prices go up. Uh, people start to get really scared. They think they, they start to get really worried about the state of the economy. And for good reason, it's, you know, it's not in a good state right now. And in that people don't like to throw money into things that they see as a risky, a risky move that might not have returns for them. Uh, so ultimately I think this is the case of like, right now there's just not going to be interest. I, I, I actually thought that last year, when everyone else was saying 100k, I was I was very clear in saying I didn't think there was enough retail interest then, because ultimately the thing is that like uh, it's just right now it, there it your Bitcoin is always de- uh, dependent on the fact that it was it was in the no, it was in the the groove it was it was trendy right it always depends on it being itself being trendy that's what happened because e- that's why Elon Musk was able to to manipulate it so much with all his tweets and stuff because Elon Musk himself is trendy so now when trendy Elon Musk says something about Bitcoin Bitcoin becomes trendy everyone's buying it shoots it up you know. Uh, that's that for a while is what it's taken with Bitcoin and it's going to take some serious economic pain for mm. people to finally start to realize what Bitcoin's good for. And, and that's until we get to that point, we're not going to see these big 100K, whatever, unless there's another uh, trend. But the thing is, right now, people are like those trends aren't going to catch on because people are hurting. So, you know, I, I think that I think that what is keeping Bitcoin from 100,000 or we could even go even higher than that within the hundreds of thousands. Uh, you know, there was a, a scenario laid out that institutional investment alone could get the Bitcoin as high as 500,000 actually pretty easily. So when we say what is keeping Bitcoin from 100,000, I think it's either institutional money not coming in this space or retail money not coming in this space. But I think retail investment alone, if it was interested right now, could get us over $100,000 without large institutional money. In the same breath, I think that institutional money could get us over $100,000 with retail not being invested. It's actually when you start moving into the million, 2 million, 10 million, expectations future, that's when we need a combination of both retail and institution, uh, institutional adoption. But as it stands right now, I, I, I'm going to just double down on my take is that like, yes, retail investment is low right now. Retail interest is low right now. And I, I, I think, and this is, I want to be very stressful on this thought. This is just my opinion, but it's based off of reading and paying attention to what's happening in the world right now. I don't think we will see retail investment come back in the space uh, during this year. Barring, like someone said in chat, let's say the regulation goes the way we want it to. Institutions put billions in. Bitcoin starts to skyrocket. That is the unfortunate detail of how these things work. Institutions look for low prices. Retail investment gets in when the prices are high. And it's a tragic cycle that continues to FUD retail investors out. That's one of the problems right now is that uh, we had things like Elon Musk come into the space. We had institutional money, not a whole heck of a lot of it, but interest come to the space. The price skyrocketed to 64000 $65,000. And then retailers bought. And then they lost a lot of money. And then we saw that go back up to 69,000, retail investment bought. And now they're sitting here saying, man, every single time I buy Bitcoin, I just lose money. Well, it's because retail keeps getting out of it at the wrong times. The price goes low, institutions get interested, the price goes high, and retail comes back in too late. That's why I even said this on the show yesterday. Guys, I could see this year without retail investment going up, Bitcoin going to 100,000, and I don't like it because if it goes to 100,000, it's due to institutions, which is very, very likely that's what's going to cause it. And it's going to continue to flood retail out of the space because every time they start getting back involved, that's when the the price is going to go down. Uh, This is why I urge you guys more and more. I know you've probably been shot down. I know you've probably been discouraged. Continue 
to talk about Bitcoin and what the purpose is. Jeb talked about it here like five minutes ago. Bitcoin is not just money. It is a weapon. It is a tool. It is something that's going to actually allow the everyday man to create wealth and not be held down under the thumb of the big guy. But unfortunately, right now, due to a lack of education, financial education, investing education, what happens is, is retail investors get in at the wrong times and then they leave the space, like what we see right happening right now, and that's when the institutions dive in and they pick up all the supply. We've got to stop that cycle. And it starts with us continuing to have channels like this, other YouTube channels, and then you as individuals making sure you are preaching the good news of Bitcoin and what it's going to do for the world economics. I think one of the final things I'll say on this, and then we're going to move on here. The reason why Bitcoin is so volatile and the reason it goes up and then it goes down 40 or 50% is because A lot of the things that drive Bitcoin's price are the people in that first camp. The people that get into Bitcoin to make money and to get wealthy. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think that that's very important. I'm talking to a lot of people, including myself, who who do want to achieve wealth in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. However, I think it's really that second segment. Not the people that want Bitcoin, but the people that need Bitcoin that are helping to build the foundation of Bitcoin's price. If you look at the history of Bitcoin, I'm looking at the ruble while Tim was talking over here. Let me go back to Bitcoin. If you look at the history of Bitcoin's price, you can see, actually I have a drawing here from it a while ago. I'll go ahead and delete that. What does Bitcoin's price do over the last 10 years? It is setting a higher ground floor every year or so on average. Right now we're doing that again. What does this indicate? This indicates a new baseline for the price of Bitcoin. It indicates that Bitcoin has been needed at this level. Everybody wanted Bitcoin at $20,000, but people needed Bitcoin at $3,000 because the Bitcoin network, as I've said, is the most revolutionary solution to one of the biggest problems humanity faces, which is the centralization of finance. Every single time you see a new major higher low here, that just shows you the growth of the people that need Bitcoin because their banking systems are breaking down, because the inflation of their currency is stealing and ripping away their wealth silently from the hundred grand they stored under the mattress 20 years ago that's now only worth 50 or less. So whenever Bitcoin sets a higher low like this, understand that Bitcoin not fighting inflation in the last three months is not the point. Bitcoin is not designed to fix a problem on the scale of months or, frankly, even years. Bitcoin is designed to fix a problem on the scale of decades and centuries. So look at the trend. What has Bitcoin done ever since 10 years ago today? Let's go to, let's go to uh, you know, whatever the day is right now. It's March 17th, 2012. March 13th. That's close enough. What has Bitcoin done in the last 10 years? Oh, I'm sorry. It's rallied 900,000%. <laughs> That's what 10 years has done on Bitcoin. I'm not saying that it's going to do that again in the next 10 years. That would be absurd. But I am saying that it is going to outpace inflation and it will be the greatest inflation hedge that we currently have access to right now because it is the greatest solution to one of the biggest problems that humanity faces. That's my point. I think that Bitcoin will continue to grow as more people transition from wanting Bitcoin because they want a fancy car, because they want a nice house, because they want the lifestyle, to people that need Bitcoin because their monetary systems are failing them and Bitcoin is the only solution. Therefore, they can't leave whenever Bitcoin's in a downtrend because they need to be in Bitcoin no matter what the price is. When that occurs... 
And as it is occurring, that's where you see the rising floor of Bitcoin's price. It's been happening silently for a decade. You never even noticed it, but it's going to continue. And before long, $100,000 will seem like, oh, bye. Haven't seen you in a while. You're way down there because Bitcoin's going to have a baseline at 500K as the U.S. dollar continues to lose its value. That's what I got. Let's go ahead and read some Super Chats if we have them. Yeah, we got, some, two, we got two of them. The first one, Stuart Rodney said, thoughts on Catboy, CEO of Binance Partnership. I hear he just started following them. Insane Catboy on BSC. I have no idea what Catboy is. I have is. no clue what you're talking I'm sorry, about. I'll be honest. Going to yeah. be honest there. Got no idea what you're talking about. Ryan Neese said, Jeb, been missing your presence on ATBC or around the blockchain. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, well, like I said, I've been... I, the, I'm married, so the timing on ATB is kind of difficult because it's 5 o'clock, so... I kind of need to be home, so that's that's where that's coming from. <laughs> yeah, we had some just normal chats. Uh, Chris Wallen said, "How to become a member slash turn green?" Chris, I'm I'm the first question I would ask you if you're still watching here. Are you watching on your phone? Because we have noticed it is hard to do it on your phone. Have we have we found a solution if people watch on their phone? How to join the membership team? I mean, there's here? a link in the description. Just use the link in the description. There's a link in the description. Oh, okay, but the easiest go. way to do it is if you guys are on a computer or if you can get to a computer and watch the stream. Literally right under what so under the like the dislike the share there's a subscribe channel so make sure you hit that subscribe button make sure you hit that bell and then there's a button that says join if you are looking to become a member hit that join button it'll give you all of the options i've heard of people not seeing this but i don't have any idea if y'all can see my phone but Probably right not. here on, somewhere in this screen, right below where it says Crypto Jeb, 222k subs, subscribed, there's a join button. You can hit that join button and the membership thing is will it, pull is, up. Is it small? Is it small? It's a little small. It's a blue join button. It's right next okay. to where it says subscribe or subscribed. It's on top of all the recommended videos. If yeah. chat is open, you're not going to be able to see it. So close chat and then go right there. I don't know if you can see that. I think gotcha. they can kind of see roughly where it is. So that's how you can join. Thank you guys so much for all of our members, guys. It really does make a difference. Thank you so very much for joining. And by the way, we are going to be doing our member stream here mm -hmm. in a little bit. So we got to wrap it up here so we can jump into that here Let's in a see, Any other uh, chat questions? Um... Symmetrical triangle entered a downtrend equals downtrend continuation from Crypto Alchemist. He, he wants to know. I'm assuming he's talking about Bitcoin. Uh, you know, so this is, if you want to go to my chart real quick here, Smey. The symmetrical triangle that we're looking at right here would have a bearish case. If this yellow line, again, Jeb showed this earlier. He anchored it right here in February. But this goes back all the way to December. Uh, I have an extended line just so you guys can see that. But remember when we thought we were going to break out right here? That line is significant right now. And that itself is forming a uh, symmetrical triangle pattern with the exception of this little outlier right here. But we are still working in a, in a ascending triangle, which is a bullish case. Uh, so we have a couple different formations going on. At the moment, I think the best way to even think about this is we're going to keep this symmetrical triangle and ascending triangle on our charts and keep an eye on it. But more realistically, look at this red line right here and look at this blue line. What are those levels? 46,000 and 35,000. Those are the zones we're trading between. That's that's what it keeps going back and back and back and back. So watch us break bearish, then bullish, then bearish. Or sorry, I'm going opposite. Bullish, then bearish, then bullish, then bearish, and stay in that zone until we see something significant happen. Either A, setting us officially into a bear market. And we've talked on the show before about why we believe the bear market isn't officially here yet, but could still happen. Or B, do we see the institutional investment or something changes and retail investment comes back in the space. We break above 46,000 and we end up going back into a bull market. That's what we're waiting on right now, though. Those two lines, that red line, that blue line, 
Those are the levels to really keep your eye on if you're thinking, when are we finally going to do something significant? So guys, what do you think is holding Bitcoin back from going to $100,000? Do you agree with my solution to the problem, which is, hey, we have one massive $100 trillion problem and we have one silver bullet solution called Bitcoin? Do you think I'm oversimplifying it? Do you really think, uh, do you agree with me where I say, hey, all this fundamental, all this stuff that's going on in the news is important right now, but in five years, we'll have forgotten about most of it because Bitcoin will continue to go into an uptrend and rally. What is your opinion on that? And what do you think it's going to take to see a major rally on Bitcoin? Do we need to see the retail sector come in? Do we need to see the institutions come in? What are some of the barriers that you see to a $100,000 Bitcoin? And what will you do when Bitcoin hits $100,000? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come right back on this show and I'm going to report on it just like I've been doing for the last four and a half years. And we're going to keep chugging along because we want to be the highest quality educational and informational content on YouTube for cryptocurrencies. And you are finding it right here on the CryptoJeb YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Let's see if we can't get a couple more subscribers. I'm sure there's some new people watching watching today. And also make sure to hit that like button if you haven't already. It really helps to support the channel. By the way, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by iTrust Capital. If you want to invest in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies for the long term, which I think is the most important foundational way to get into cryptocurrencies for the long term, you can do so by investing with your retirement accounts, your IRAs, your Roth IRAs, 401ks, all those things with the number one cryptocurrency retirement account provider, iTrust Capital. Links in the description box down below. Also, make sure to follow us on our social medias at CryptoJeb over on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure to follow us on TikTok at CryptoJeb Official. Make sure to sign up for Lux Algo with the link in the description box down below. Use coupon code JEB, J-E-B-B, for 20% off at checkout. I promise I'm done with the shameless self-promotion. Guys, the reason that we're here is because we are trying to help you achieve financial sovereignty. Every sponsor we take, every chart we look at, every fundamental we analyze, every on-chain we bring you, we do because we believe that we'll help you achieve financial sovereignty in one way, shape, or form. What is FinSov? FinSov is the concept of you having control of your finances rather than a third party that may not have your best interest at heart having control of your finances. That's the amount of your finances. That is the systems behind your finances. That is the ability to take from you and give you your finances. We want you guys to have financial sovereignty so that you can go forward and have a purpose-filled, joyful life that is influential impactful and inspirational and fulfilling because that's what we want to see from you guys. We want to see you happy. That's what we want. And we believe that we can help you in that by helping you to achieve financial sovereignty. So subscribe to the channel and hit the post notification bell if you haven't already. We're about to jump into our members Q&A. For all of our members, make sure you check the community page in the next five minutes or so. We're going to post that over there. If you are not a member yet, you can hit that join button, sign up as a member, and you will be invited and accessible. Uh, you will have access to that members only Q&A. So make sure you go ahead and check that out. Do we have any final super chats for a wrap well, it out? Yeah, Matt C. wanted to remind everybody, and this is a changing oh, yeah. time. So he said he wanted to remind everyone to join Kelly, Kelly Kellum. I, Jeb's not going to be able to in that, be in that meeting because he's doing an interview. I'm interviewing a Saylor. billionaire. But CryptoVet <laughs> will be there, and it's going to be on Twitter, one of those Twitter spaces, at 2 p.m. He used to be doing them at 7, but he's doing them at 2 p.m. right now. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you go check that out after you watch the membership stream, and then we will have more videos coming out this afternoon. So don't don't check out. There you go, guys. Well, stay tuned. we got a lot of great content coming for you. A lot of cool announcements coming out in the next week, so you might want to stay tuned for that. Get a little hype. we got some cool stuff coming. Hashtag FinSaw. Before I go, though, guys, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always, and I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. enjoyed listening to the coffee and crypto podcast tune in every day at 9 30 a.m eastern to watch live on youtube follow us on our social media accounts at crypto jeb and lastly we want to thank you for supporting us here at mcfee media